Hello and welcome to Court Games LCG Podcast, hosted by me, your best duelist ever, Trevor Cuba, aka Kikita Onimaru, here by my Maho Riddled co-host. Whacked Mackie, also known as Mackie No Oni or Max Williams, depending on where you're looking to reach out to me. Just come, gotta come in here with the three nicknames, huh? I Not know. just the two like me. Yep, I gotta have a whole three. It's pretty scary, I know. <laughs> well, speaking of pretty scary, I'm sending you something right now. This is a character called the Violator. The Violator is a is a spawn villain, and he looks like a a, a clown most of the time. And then he uh, evolves, or he just like breaks out of his shell and transforms into this demonic creature. What is your opinions on the Violator? I'm a fan. He was also played by uh, John Leguizamo in the movie. Do you know? Wait, do you know who John Leguizamo is? No. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm running through my head of like all the movies I can figure out. I'm like, don't you know John Leguizamo from this movie? Like, no, it's probably from Before You Were Born. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I I like the one on the left more. You know the the scary spoopy one. That one's the better one. The clown kind of creepy, but the demon version pretty good. See, this is what I'm telling you. This is why you should enjoy Spud because it's right up your alley with all your Maho Oni loving self. It's basically yeah. the same thing. Exactly. With clowns, machine guns. And what's not to love? You know what would make L5R better? Clowns and machine guns. Are there clowns? Oh, wait, we do have, um, we don't have machine guns. Yeah, or do we have machine guns? But I we don't do have dragon loyalists. How familiar are you with, uh, with the kingdoms of Thrain and the L5R extended <laughs> universe? Uh, is there a number less than zero? <laughs> we do have clowns though because we have uh the the jesters which are part of the crane clan so yeah. all right or like i said dragon loyalists we just gotta get 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 some jesters fill them with yep. some maho see what pops out i <laughs> you know nothing can go wrong with that all right, let's see. As for the events that we keep ignoring and stuff, actually, I'm not going to ignore these things because I just found out. Let me double check right now. But the signups for the Discord League for the month of November is going on right now. So you can sign up if you want to participate in uh, November 2020's Discord League, which I did. So I will be in there and have an excuse to figure out what's going on so i don't have to like skirt this segment every week now that sounds like a good plan i do i support this uh i will probably not be signing up simply because i am not really i don't enjoy the playing online as much but i hope other people do the last time i did sign up i got put into a pod with you uh and we uh, that was the one game i played when we played in person <laughs> I, I remember that we, we was like we're, why are we gonna hook up on live we just go to the store yeah. and play our game it's pretty good um uh, let's see so far if i'm reading this correctly over half the entrance are crane players right now so i'm enjoying this pod right now very much <laughs> i can believe it cranes uh cranes got to represent they got to show off and be bold and beautiful that's why they picked crane right i mean that's why i picked crane i just i'm i'm a i'm i'm a fan of theme if i'm not playing crane it doesn't mean if crane is at the bottom of the of the tier list i'm always gonna be playing crane but crane are doing really good right now yep turns out doji diplomat has got some moves on her that's what i've heard 
uh what i i want to when i was uh looking at the 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 meta for what's going on right like how is the game looking right now i went over to our old friends over that imperial advisor who do some meta checks every once in a while and this ties into the london legion online which i think they are scheduling something for next month i don't have double have to check um they had the breakdowns of the last london legion and some interesting things showed up let's see so Metacheck LL09, published October 17th. The thing that uh, most stands out to me is when you look at the uh, top cut here, it's very red. It's very red. <laughs> what we were looking at, if you go to the Imperial Advisor right now, I look at the, the previous London Legion Online, which happened October 17th. This is when this was posted. Um, yep. All Scorpion. All Scorpion all the time and one single Phoenix. Uh, piloted by a player named Toku, who was eliminated uh, the first round of the cut. <laughs> yep. Seems uh, seems pretty good. If you go down to the comments, people are uh, discussing about, oh, wow, what's going on here? And apparently the decision was made, like, we're not going to do another tournament until, um, you know, the new pack is out. We get the restricted list out, which it should be up. So we'll see. How things have changed since then. This honor yep. strong. <laughs> Stoke insurrection is strong. Turns out. Um, Clan War still in progress, and I have no update on there other than it is going, and people are enjoying it. That's the most, like, it's it's more than saying nothing at all. That's like the bare minimum I can give it right now. Clan yes. War is a thing that exists. I, mean, I believe as of today, the new round of it has started. Today being uh, October 26th, as we're recording, I believe that the next round has started for it. Hmm. So... That's cool, but, at least. I mean, it's not like it's uh, like the uh, London Legion Online or the Discord League. This isn't really something that new play interested players can go and join. Though. This was a did they do like a round robin captain's pick of who could all participate yes. in there? Yep. You you had to basically try out for it, I think, and mm. get picked to be on a team. But if you want to watch good players playing, it's a good way to do it is to watch some of those games. I believe a lot of them have been recorded as well or streamed. Yeah, if you head over to on the Discord, the uh, L5R Discord, uh, down into uh, League Media, you'll see many streams of people who will post their they'll post the games right when it's happening, or if you can see them as long as their archives are still up. I don't think very many L5R people are. There's like a you have to be like affiliated or something on Twitch to be able to record your uh, your your feeds, right? I'm not exactly sure. They've changed it a couple times, and I don't remember what the rules are nowadays, but. I know one of the spoilers that we're going to be talking today was posted at someone's Discord uh, in a format where their video is no longer there because it goes away after like a few days. So yep. I have like a fuzzy screenshot that someone is able to get. <laughs> yep. Yes, indeed. But I, I'm sure that some people are putting them up on YouTube and such as well, at least. But maybe not everyone. It's all around and stuff. And also, I think uh, Pack 1, which we're talking about today, uh, that's going to be released in like a week or two. So it's like right around the corner. So these cards will be in our hands uh, momentarily. Yeah, soon come. We'll have all these new cards. Is everything we're talking about today from Pack 1? I believe it is, yes. Almost positive. I could be wrong, but... <laughs> Well, uh, we're good. Some of the cards we're going to be talking about are ones that FFG hit on us from last week. 
<laughs> uh, they released some of the spoilers for that was pack what uh, four, pack three, three, three. three. Uh, for some reason, one of the websites, like the Asmodee website, had a different fan of cards than the FFG website. So there are a few new a few cards for us to talk about on there that we didn't know existed last week, but. So I guess this is their this is their subtle hint of like oh check out all of their yeah websites. keep giving them clicks you never know when the scorpion are gonna infiltrate so yeah we're gonna probably talk about uh, some more spoilers that we got we uh, B and you got a spoiler as well we did uh, which is including in this thing on stuff but first uh, the good folks over at Bushi Builder one of the primary sources to uh, build a deck online. It's a great way to quickly build a deck, organize it. You can put a shit over to Jagoku. You can print it off as a deck list for a great for a tournament. Bushi Builder is a great resource for any L5R player and stuff. Uh, I use uh, Five Rings DB, which is also good. But Five Rings DB didn't offer, uh, isn't running an event right now. What Bushi Builder is doing is they're having a seasonal jank deck challenge where they're throwing out some cards and challenging people to build decks, the best decks they can, um, with these jank cards and see what people can come up with. And we've been asked to judge some of these things. Uh, so the cards that they've been asked to build are Curry Favor and Cordish Scheming. Are you familiar with these cards, Max? You know, I'm pretty sure you've played some of them against me at least once. I'm not sure it's been more than once, so... I don't know. I'll be the first to admit that I like some dumb jank and stuff, but these cards are some dumb jank. <laughs> yes. Yep. And uh, this challenge is called the Curry, Favor, and Scheming Like Banshees Challenge. <laughs> so for folks who don't know, and th don't worry, you shouldn't know what these cards do. Curry Favor, they're both crane cards, crane events. Uh, curry Favor is a reaction that after uh, a if the character you control bows as a result of their second conflict that round, you can ready that character. That's why it's called Curry Favor, because it's kind of... Either you can, like, sneak them into the fourth conflict of the round, or you can ready them so they can take the favor. One of the two. Uh, mm -hmm. The other one, Curtis Scheming, two-cost event. Uh, action is a political duel, and when th the winner gets to declare an additional um, political conflict this round. Uh, sounds really powerful, but crane are so loaded up on like uh individual characters that we generally tech with one maybe two around so we don't have the bodies lying like, if i won this duel i don't have the bodies lying around to make a uh, uh another political uh, conflict yeah and your opponent gets to pick who is doing the duel themselves you don't get to pick their character so you have to make sure the time is right, especially because a lot of times Crane are more focused on military duels. Um, the first one that I really like, let me see if I can find it. It's a uh, deck called Chag Breaks for Turn One. Very, you know, simple name. Um, do I have the deck? I've got it here. This deck was created by Asgalore is my dad. Um, I really like this one just because it's just a normal unicorn deck with the two crane cards stuffed in there. That's yep. all he did. It's like, well, you know what? When I take uh, Seeker of Void, I have 10 influence. 
running these cards that you've required me to takes nine influence. We're good to go. So as as Glagor is my dad, you win the bare minimum award <laughs> from Court Games LCG. Yeah. You you technically completed the challenge. I salute you, sir. Yep. And we we've got a couple running around in here that are trying to actually make use of curry favor with things like the emperor and such to be able to claim that favor, get the emperor out, and make use of him. So some people are trying a little bit harder than others, and congrats I, to them as well. <laughs> I I just realized an individual named uh, Blue Three Key with uh, his deck standard with a side of Jank, uh, aka discard that crane that uh jank to spoils <laughs> <laughs> yep spoils of war it's, get rid of these crane cards it's also a unicorn card that just like it's just a normal unicorn deck with those two cards in there and yep. he also tells me exactly where these cards are going <laughs> <laughs> yep. got three whole unicorns who've tried stuffing them in there so far it's just cranes phoenixes scorpions and unicorns so we're missing the crabs, the dragons, and the lions putting these cards in your deck. Come on, guys. We know you can do it. We'll be watching for it. Any decks that uh, caught your eye? None in particular that really stand out to me, but uh, I do like the Phoenix decks that are trying to make use of the Emperor. Uh, we have Geek Pile Up by uh, Severgin. Sorry if I butcher your name. And Tadaka, we miss you by Anonymous. So whoever you are, Anonymous, we do miss Tadaka. Except I don't miss Tadaka, I lied. I'm glad he's gone. They're both Emperor decks, so good on them for trying to make the Emperor work. Uh, the Scorpion decks, auto they, they get rid of them, throw them out of here. They're Scorpion, they don't count. I, 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 I'm liking this one deck, this Crane deck called... Um, the wealth of courteous favor by Kikita Takashi. I see him hang out in the crane forums every mm -hmm. once in a while. Um, wow, he went for it because uh, not as they have those other cards in there. He's also running Chise District, so he is committed to bad crane <laughs> card jank here, and I appreciate this so much. Look, he's he's trying to get multiple political conflicts off, and he doesn't want you to get a political conflict off back at him with the Chisei district going on here. And that's a, and you do notice a bit of a theme he's got going on there, where most of his cards, Voice of Honor, uh, For Shame, he's got a lot, he's just stuffed this deck with, with a lot of cards that are literally a crane or a courtier of some sort yelling at you. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that was a theme on purpose, but if it was, good points to him on that. I mean, yeah, just, when you play with Crane, that just kind of happens, so. <laughs> <laughs> the Crane just like yelling a lot, you know. I mean, it's the most effective way of diplomacy. Making sure You're your right. opponent can hear you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Um, we don't have no news. We mentioned before, we're going to sit here, we're going to talk about uh, some of the spoilers. Uh, let's talk about this fan that you uh, informed me right before the recording that we missed last time. Yeah, so FFG went and hid this on us. It has a few of the cards we talked about last time. It has Lion's Pride Paragon and the Yogo Paramore in the background. But in the foreground of it, they went ahead and put three cards that weren't shown anywhere in the article. That being the Damned Hita 
uh, a crab character, the Eternal Watch, a crab province, and then by Onotagu's Light, a neutral province. Now, for clarity, this is for pack three, right? Yes, this is pack three. Okay. Uh, The Eternal Watch is a crab holding of unknown element of five strength, and it is action. During a conflict at this province, choose an attacking character. Your opponent selects one. Either bow that character, or they give you one honor. Hmm. Uh, so this is a province. Um, yep. That's... Sorry, mm, province. I guess it kind of goes into their dishonor theme. Is, yeah. Is uh, one fate worth, or one honor worth it? Mm. it, it I, you go for it. It'll very much depend on how the meta shakes up. If Dishonor Crab kind of comes out as a theme more appropriately or more than it has been. Because we've always kind of had Dishonor as a thing, right? Like Crab Crab was really strong for a long time because they could Dishonor, but this is a card that's kind of dedicated to it. And we have things like uh, the Fire and Oil, where... Maybe the maybe there will be enough tools. Uh, this card's also uh, pretty good with uh, Hida Atsuji, who allows you to trigger a province's action uh, again. Mm. So he can he can. This is a very strong effect on a province if you can trigger it more than once. But it'll also really depend on what element it is, because if it's you know void or something, well. It, it doesn't make the cut. Yeah, it's in, it's in the the fan is hiding what element it is. So, it, well, I guess it would say eminent if it was d- dual bugged, but uh, yeah, no idea what it is. Um, yeah, I guess my hesitance with it is if this was a scorpion card, it would be super busted. But as a crab one, crab like will they will dishonor you? Don't get me wrong and stuff, but they don't quite have that burst dishonor that makes you really worry. So if I go up to this uh province and it says hey bow my biggest guy or give him an honor i give the crab an honor yep. and i wouldn't feel too bad about that generally speaking unless i'm like it's really critical but hopefully i'm hitting this thing at the last minute you know maybe it's yeah. good this will be a good uh um holding uh, or uh stronghold province so this is like the last uh last bastion you get yeah possibly uh, one important thing to note on it, though, uh, especially in relation to like Itsuji, if you po- you can't point at a character that is already bowed and force them to give you an honor, uh, it's comes down from a ruling way back with, uh, let's see, deceptive offer, which was they either give you an honor or like give set a character skill. And it was ruled that if the character skill was already set, uh, nothing would change if they picked that again. But you couldn't force them to give you the honor. Just because both things have to affect the character in the way that Force Shame does in order to force the other option. Well, that's unfortunate. That was, a, that was a hallmark of old L5R of forcing characters to take the worst option because they're already like incapable of doing the other one. Yeah, uh, because that the character cannot be affected by the ability's effect. 
you can't target them. Okay. So. Well, moving right along, we have the damned Hita, which is something I say screaming at the night <laughs> myself all the time. Damned Hita! <laughs> How dare this they? One, this one really is damned. I like the art on this one. It's a little fuzzy, but you can tell like this is a, a, a Hitabushi that has clearly been tainted and is in the process of mutating into some other chitinous creature. Like, it looks kind of like a crab, but... Yep. I didn't, well, I didn't fighting out in the Shadowlands. I didn't know Maho Taint was just, like, bring out your spirit animal. Like, if I got tainted, will I just start growing wings? <laughs> Is that There's only works? one way to find out. I say oh, we no. experiment. Oh, no. <laughs> Get away from Yori. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. The damned Hida. Three costs, three military, blank political, as these berserkers tend to do it also kind of makes them unplayable uh zero uh glory bushy berserker shadowlands dire this character gets plus three military okay he just gets it's a three for six when it's dire yep i mean it's a card it's pretty bad if you really want a berserker um like it's a berserker yeah, it, being three cost and only having efficient stats when it has no fate on it kind of relegates this to the land of never played. If we get more Berserker support, maybe it could show up somewhere. But that's what, for I'm what we know you right have, now. You, you start seeing more cards that you like. You need a Berserker to perform. Like it's not so terrible as to not be considered. Yeah, it's just kind of like you know, big dump. It, it like crab is the best going to be the best at like triggering dire, just hanging out on that line because mm-hmm. with all their saves, they could just like hang out at zero fate all day and not really care. Um, so he basically reads three for six. That said, big dumb stats don't really go far in this game. I think it's a that's a lesson Hita Kasada has learned many times. Yes, <laughs> last couple of years. Yep, so. We'll have to see. The dire keyword, I think, has the potential to be good, but it also has the potential to not do much. It'll all depend on how it how it all shakes out. We haven't experienced the keyword at all, so we'll have to see if the ability to maho off fate and surprise is worth it, but I'm not sure plus three military is enough of a surprise. Now, it does kind of combo with the next card, which I think is kind of interesting, by Unatangu's Light. It is a uh, four-strength province, city keyword. During conflicts with this province, each character in play is considered to have no fate on it, and fate tokens uh, cannot be moved or removed from those characters. So, if you have something that really reacts off of Dire, um, this could work. Yep. It it has the potential to be very interesting. It also stops Maho from happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, of note, this is a water province. I don't think you mentioned that. Um, no, no. So <laughs> yeah, so it it fills a slot. Water provinces are usually utility based, so it definitely mm-hmm. fills. It, if you want to trigger a bunch of dire, it could be a very reasonable card to go in it's just you also run the problem of triggering your opponent's dire cards so huh uh i'm gonna do that thing that i do that's really annoying where i talk about crane um do you remember the silver-tongued magistrate 
I do. So back in like this is like the first uh, um, cycle of the game, the Imperial cycle. Uh, one of the themes that one it was kind of a lackluster theme was magistrate. Everybody got a magistrate, and the magistrates would key off of a different board state of the game. Um, we tried playing with ours, the cranes, uh, the silver tongued magistrate, which is a three cost, two, two, uh, one glory, Bushi Imperial Magistrate, but she has the ability while this character is attacking. Each other character that has no fate on it and does uh does not count its skill towards the resolution of this conflict. Oh, but it says mm-hmm. attacking. Darn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Never mind. I thought I, I I thought I had something. If she could defend, she could just like defend yep. by the light of Onitangu forever. But no, nope, so, it's only attacking. So if if by Onitangu's light becomes meta and everybody's running it, Crane have the best silver bullet is what I'm hearing. Literally a silver bullet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I had a I had a dream. It's dead now. <laughs> <You're wrong. laughs> All right, so spoilers have been coming out for the game. Uh, those of us in the community, whether you host a podcast, a YouTube series, a popular blog or something, uh, FFG's been handing out some uh, spoilers for us to take a look at. And yeah, we're going to take a look at some of the ones we've collected now. So the first one we have here is the Crab Sword. Where's the source from this one? Let me see if I can find it. This is the L5R Discord's official spoiler. Okay. Yep. The crab ancestral, the ancestral sword of the crab, mm-hmm. uh, Chikara. Mm-hmm. So this is attached to a unique crab character, ancestral restricted, two cost plus four military plus one political. If attached, plus any political. <laughs> yeah, I know, right. Uh, if attached character has a champion trait, which so far that means that this sword only works with Kisada, it gains reaction. After this character wins a conflict, choose a participating character. That character's controller moves all fate from it to their fate pool, then sacrifices it. So this sword turns uh, Kisada into Alton Sarnite. <laughs> yes. Okay, so it's kind of a downgrade sword. <laughs> yep. Um, I'm very lukewarm to meh on this sword so far. I like, for lore purposes, I like the art. It shows that for the sword nerds among you, it's a very straight sword, which is the precursor to the katana, which mm-hmm. most of the uh, ancestral swords are. So it's, um, it looks cool as far as, you know, a illustration of a sword can go. But yeah, Crane also had, like, we've, this is like the third or fourth ancestral sword we've seen so far. I think it's the third. Yeah, because the lion one, notoriously for lore reasons, their their ancestral sword sucks. But I'm not gonna get into that right now. <laughs> um, yeah, um, I think it's more similar to the crane one, although the crane was got a useful ability. I like the idea of the ancestral restricted. So you just like throw this on any. Um, unique character and like oh they're gonna die and we're probably gonna be sacrificed because we're crab we'd sacrifice all our people and just get the sword back easy peasy right um the number of situations that that pops up is not very high (laughs) yeah it's ancestral because oh it's the ancestral sword but like if you're putting this on your quesada your plan isn't to have quesada die right 
And if your plan isn't to have it, throwing it on other people just isn't worth it. You know, some people are talking about, oh, well, with Seal of the Crab, you could put it on Tatori. It's like, that sounds like a dangerous pile of cards waiting to tumble down. I was wrong. I, I'm looking up Ofushikai, which was the first Ancestral Sword that we've gotten in this game from mm-hmm. the Phoenix. It also had Ancestral Restricted. I guess I just never noticed that before. I noticed it when the Crane got ours. Yeah. Yep. I think <laughs> I think all three of them have it, but that's but it's it's it is on par with the other Ancestral Swords of probably not going to see play. Yep. Maybe if Crab get, you know, more characters it can go on, but uh, I don't we're not I don't think Crab's going to have anybody except Casada for a while at least. We might get Casada 2.0, but Yeah, you guys haven't gotten a second champion yet, have you? No. It's about time for that. No. Yep, Crab is only has one champion. I think we might be the only one right now to only have one champion. Well, you, Scorpion only have no. Never mind. They do have two soldiers. Never mind. I'm wrong. Yep. Although uh, you can, of course, only run three copies of him. But and Phoenix only have uh, Sukune. Yep. Phoenix is the other ones. You're right. So Dragon, I'll have like five champions. You know, it's probably why they haven't printed the Dragon Sword yet. I mean, technically, it's all the same guy, but whatever. <laughs> Splitting hairs here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. All right. Next up, I'm going to use the spoilers list. Um, former co-host of this show, uh, Finbar Bagley, Agasha Steelfer. He got a dragon spoiler. It is an attachment. Three costs. Uh, plus zero, plus three political. Uh, condition restricted. This attachment cannot be chosen as the target of a post events, so that means you can't let go of it or sanguine mastery of it. Let's see. Attached character gains reaction. After this character wins a conflict, resolve the effects of each ring in your claimed ring pool. Uh, three influence conflict event. It's called self-understanding. So basically, for $3, you too can be uh, Shiba Sukune. Yep. Although not being able to be chosen as the target of opponent's event, pretty good. Although it's never been good enough to really see have the crane effects with the crane cards with FXC play. Well, it's not the character; it's the attachment. So Uh-oh. the attachment okay. can be targeted. So, so you can't kill the attachment. Well, you can because you like Mia. Uh, Mia blows the attachment character. There you go. That could still hit yep. it. That new Brotherhood uh, monk can hit it. Things like yep. that. Uh, you can still destroy it in ways, but you can't just point and let go it. Yeah. So it can, can be get rid of... It's a little bit more resilient, which probably a good thing that we're seeing that on three-cost attachments, because without it, this card would be unplayable. Yeah. And you know what? Honestly, uh, the existence of Tea House out of Crane, I think, still makes this kind of unplayable. Probably. Or maybe it's just a card that you have in your deck and you don't play uh, against Crane. I don't know. I don't like... How many cards can you have in a deck that says, hey, against a certain number of clans, I can't play this. It's just a dead card. You're a good player. How many... What kind of flex space do you have in the deck like that? How many Spoils of War are you willing to run? 
Mm. <laughs> Fair enough. The, the, the Jake leak has the answer to the questions we yes. have. Uh, but realistically, not more than one or two. Mm. Uh, and I think the, the key card that's shown that is the fact that people have often put one or two copies of Assassination in their deck, even though against Scorpion, that card often reads uh, unplayable. Sure, sure. Okay, fair enough. So, um, now, what you use this for, my knee-jerk reaction is, like, this is kind of a key for a potential honor deck. Yep. Just because you can, not only do you get the uh, the ability to trigger the air ring, again, assume you already have it, but there's not a single ring effect that I can think of, except for water, maybe, um, that an honor deck couldn't use because oh, you need the fire ring for just one more piece of honor, or you need the earth ring because honor deck fills their their deck with so many crap cards that you just need to, like, I need more card draw. I keep bidding yeah. one. I don't have any cards. <laughs> the the one thing I will say about this card that I'm makes me leery of stuff like that, this card is good when you have already won challenges but it costs three and can't help you actively win those fights. Well, it does give you plus three political, <clears throat> which is a very hard number to get. And honestly, I like this card would be kind of crap. Uh, well, for the price point, I don't know. But the political is probably more valuable than the ability itself. Yeah, but you, you need to have already won conflicts this turn in order to have this card have its reaction. Sure. Yeah, no, I'm agreeing with you there. I'm just saying, like, yeah. if you were to buy this one just for the political, I don't think it's a wasted opportunity. And the sheer lack of ways to boost political in this game, like, I think that alone kind of, like, finds it a home in some sort of deck. I don't know what deck needs raw po politics that hard. Um yeah, most especially because Dragon's already got a lot of attachments that can do that. Hmm. For for three cost, adding plus one to your ornate fan is not where you want to be in life. Yeah. So will this see play? Maybe in some weird janky decks. I don't think it'll see main deck play. Well, I have to remember how many Phoenix. At this probably has, we'll see Holman Phoenix. I'm like trying to remember how many cards they have where they just like <clears throat> keep certain rings claimed. Like they got the shrine, right? Yeah. Is that, is that restricted yeah. again? That keeps popping on and off the list. <laughs> uh, it's not restricted at the moment. So it sends po postcards back to Toshiboko on occasion. Indeed. So, yeah, the secluded shrine and ancestral shrine and even shrine maiden these are the three cards that say shrine on them none of them are restricted all right well um i don't know it's um it's not amazing but it's just this is where a lot of dragon cards go like they're good air quotes good cards where it's like not amazing but it's like not so worthless that i'm going to ignore it it's like i'm going to be building a deck one day splashing through dragon grab my three copies of let go and go through like huh what else is in dragon that's worthwhile i'll like sit here and i'll look at oh no, no, this card i'll sit here and think about it for a little second and then skip by it and just grab a couple of uh ancient masters and just go on my way <laughs> yep and That'll three be... influence each it seems unlikely to be a card you splash much 
Yeah, three influence. Like this is a card that you like build your entire game plan around. I don't know what yeah. really playing around in this one. Yeah. So all right, cool Next. card. Don't think it'll be competitive, but cool card. Yeah. Cool story, bro. Yeah. All right. Next, from our friends over at the Meek Informant, uh, we have another dragon card, Keen Warrior. It is a two-cost, uh, two military, one uh, political, one glory, Bushi, with sincerity. Okay, that's neat. You just die and get you some stuff. Is sincerity yep. a, a fate or a card? Uh, I want to say sincerity is the card. You can tell some clans get more sincerity than others when we don't know what it does. Yeah, the only card I run that has sincerity is the one where it also has, you know, uh, but it, it's sincerity is draw a card. Okay. So when he dies, you draw a card. Let's see. Reaction. After you look at one or more cards in an opponent's hand or those cards are revealed, draw two cards and place one card from your hand and the other one on the bottom of your deck and stuff. So it, it, two fate for a actually draws two cards one yeah, and when then you places use one of and... any card well like you're gonna get one card when you play the ability and then you're gonna play get another card when he dies yeah or and he things. also his ability filters you could have things like self-understanding you'd be like well i guess i can't play this versus crane come on keen warrior put it on the bottom of my deck I mean, like, the only thing that would be better if he was, like, one cost. I don't know what else you want from a really cheap little honor engine and stuff. I mean, <laughs> I guess he's not like the other uh, honor or card drawing engines, like uh, the Yusugi card, or you're just like, oh, I'm going to put, like, three fate on this guy, because he's going to keep drawing me fate all the game. Yeah, I, I think he's cool. Yeah. Uh, what? Let's see. He is... He's a Bushi, so if he was a monk, I think he'd be like, you know, he'd fit into more dragon decks, but uh, I like him. He plays with that. He will help that interesting, weird look at your opponent's hand deck, right? Uh, Fair enough. I know that some people have tried really hard to make that deck work. Uh, so far, it, it's never really been competitive, but that hasn't stopped some people from trying I mean, what else are Dragon going to do with her time? Exactly. <laughs> it's what you do when you're on the bottom of the barrel. You just start throwing weird stuff against the wall. See what sticks. Yeah. Let's see. The next spoiler is our spoiler. Uh, I, and I say R is universal, but it's really mine. <laughs> <laughs> see, I think that it is our spoiler because it perfectly fits the situation of having a crane host and a Shadowlands host. <laughs> It, it, we do have the weird situation when I say it's my, I'm just joking, but yeah. we have a situation of we're part of so many different online communities. That's like, Oh, this was awarded to us for which hat are we wearing when we got this one? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. We're just people yeah. that people know in this game, but anywho, yeah. enough self-graduating. Let's see. We have a Phoenix card event uh, called heresy, which we, we had a fun time in the, uh, yeah, boards with that one. <laughs> Zero cost event, void roll only. Action during a conflict, initiate a political duel. See, this is why it's my card because it's a duel. <laughs> initiate a political duel between a character you, your opponent controls of your choice and a character you control of your opponent's choice. Uh, resolve the duel. Remove one fate from the duel's loser. I really like this card 
this is my favorite uh, card that I will never play. Yeah. Uh, since this is our spoiler, this is clearly the best card of all time. It will be meta-defining. Every deck will run three copies of this, and splashes that are not Phoenix will cease to exist. <laughs> I like how the card that you're going to be most attached to is one called Heresy. <laughs> I know, that's what I said. It's perfect for us. We've got the crane who gets the card, has the political, doing just like, Heresy, Shadowlands! Heresy! <laughs> so, I like it. Uh, the It's got a weird targeting thing where your the the you, everybody chooses the other person's duelist which you can control if this is your card because i'm just gonna send my biggest blue number guy into the fight all right choose someone on my side of this field to d- initiate this duel oh thanks it's my big duelist yep um that's not the hard part the problem is, is like so it's phoenix it's void locked and if you are a dueling deck uh, if you're doing deck, you're always looking for more duels, and being Void Road only is not a huge detriment because half of us are already playing Void Road only anyway. Because Void's got some really cool toys, that's not yep. a problem. Uh, the issue is what else is in Phoenix to synergize with some sort of dueling deck that other than this? Not much. Yep. I mean, Clarity Strong. Yeah. It, it, you know what? You run Clarity of Purpose. You run Heresy, and you. You just really get in there with your jank deck. You just get in curry favor and courteous scheming. Yeah. And clarity of purpose says you keep standing to get an extra use of that extra political conflict. Oh, that's uh, so we, we've entered the jank deck. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so uh, I'm not going to ignore this card. Most any duelist worth their salt is not because it's a duelist worth it. It's a zero cost and it's an ability that's worthwhile. Ripping a fate off of a, a character is really cool. It's not so powerful that like this is not a card that's like I'm going to splash Phoenix just for this card. It's not that good. Um, but for people who don't play a lot of duelist deck, dueling is a combo deck. So sometimes we're just looking for duels and we don't give two craps what happens in the duel i just want to say the words i start a duel now and then other things in my deck start happening right yeah. uh this is a great tool for that so as long as i have a deck that just like if i'm in a situation that needs one more duel well, this is a great option yep it's just a cool cool card maybe it'll see use if it was one influence it'd probably be a lot more tempting to be splashed into dueling decks but maybe we'll see a phoenix dueling deck Maybe you use it on purpose to psych your opponent out and activate Dire on them. That. <laughs> <laughs> that's some Sophie's Choice stuff. I think that's the kind of those are the kind of interactions Tyler wants to happen. I don't know how often it really will, but it'd be yeah. cool. Like, it's going to happen more than zero times. Well, using Maho would be dishonorable and be heresy, so instead you use your heresy to get rid of your fate. <laughs> Speaking of Maho and Heresy and Phoenix spoilers, the next one we have from our friends over at the Imperial Advisor is Asako Mezawa, who we were just talking about. He is the one who uh, executed um, the character that we previewed earlier. Yep. Let's see. He's um, a three costs, two, three, two, courtier reaction. Oh, this is some tiny text. Let me see if I can read it. After this character wins a conflict, choose a character with no fate on it. Bow that character. If that character is a Phoenix character, also dishonor it. Okay, so he is here to punish 
uh, Maho and Dyer characters, but he really doesn't like it when Phoenix are playing with the, with the bad juju magics. Yep. Also worth noting out, this is the second uh, the second c- printing of Meizawa we have seen him mm-hmm. printed before, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. But yeah, I I love him for a flavor purpose, like flavor standpoint. Mm. Um, simply because he's rooting out the Maho users and you know bowing them, but if they're Phoenix, he also gets to go a little bit extra because yeah. he's he's hunting them down. I mean, he's uh, the other day he's not that great. He's functionally just a. Uh, what do you call it? A a ring of water, but for dire Maho characters. Because if you know your character's on the line to be bowed, you're probably just going to throw him in the conflict here anyway, just to make sure he loses. Because he only works if he wins the conflict, which is if, if for ability to like trigger if you win, you need to be a strong ability because that's not helping you win the current conflict you're in. Yep. And, and a three cost, two, three, two glory is. Not not amazing. Yeah, also he's just a courtier, so he's not a Shugenja in Phoenix, which is not great. And he's also not a scholar. So those are two big keywords he's missing out on. He's also yep. not an inquisitor, which is, you know, personally, like that sucks. <laughs> yeah. What what's up with that, FFG, huh? See an inquisitor need- in its first printing? We need to go back to old L5R where you'd have a character where like half the card is just all the keywords that they had. Yeah. Just add flavor text everywhere, guys. Come on. He only gets one little line of flavor text. We could put, we could make that number higher. And is a card coming over to us from Handsome Dan. Dan, as we know, is a co-host over at uh, the Jade Throne and stuff, but he also has his own YouTube series, the L5R Lounge. And this was given to him for there. Yep. Uh, this card is a crab event, uh, zero cost, uh, Guardians of Rokugan. Reaction. After you win a conflict as the defending player, crap, that's a very crap thing already, <laughs> search the top X cards of your dynasty deck for, whatever, uh, for a character with printed cost X, or lower and put it into play where X is the amount of skill by which you want. So that's kind of interesting because crab can very easily win a defense with like overwhelming numbers. Yeah. I, the thing is that if you're winning the defense with overwhelming numbers to put this into play, what are you really getting? If you use all your numbers on the defense, right? Well, I don't know. I, I was just mentioning that because, like, crap, have all those, like, your yeah, stronghold. Yeah. Like, you can just yeah. get a bunch of, like, accidentally just get a big ass numbers to. It's true. And when it, it comes to cards where, like, the mountain does not fall and such, yeah. you can always still make use of it. Uh, I personally uh, am very interested in this card. Um, Are there any weird Echo Bird shenanigans that we get from having a card that just gets cheated into play? Uh, not currently in Crab, no. Uh, but but what this I think that getting you know five or more will not be that difficult and one of the things about this card is there's nothing stopping you from playing three copies on a single defense if you get an overwhelming victory on the defense like let's say that you're on stronghold attacks 
right? Yeah. And your opponent swings all in at you, and you manage the defense and play three copies of Guardians of Rokugan. You probably win the game off of it, but then it's a card that's not helping you win the defense. So it's not helping you win the de- defense, but um, the strength of a free character is strong. Also, the strength of mm-hmm. a free character in Crab, where you have all the saves to keep... Like, this is... A character's coming in with no fate on them, right? But Crab can have ways, other ways to keep those guys into conflict. So, that intrigues me. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if it just fits into any existing decks. But we could see a more defense-focused crab deck where this is actually used as a counterpunch strategy because crab has always been kind of a a defend and counterpunch deck mm-hmm. this is a very big counterpunch card if you guys get this card work you guys could get um uh what's that kill card from the from the core set that no one plays everyone tries every once in a fallen while. in battle fallen battle yeah mm-hmm. yeah it It'll be interesting, like, Fallen in Battle is a card that showed up in some crap decks at Worlds randomly that made Day 2 um, with just, like, a copy of Fallen in Battle. So the card it has always had that weird lurking around potential. Mm. So I'd be interested to see things like that. Um, but I... I hope that this makes a good crab counterpunch deck, because that was my personal favorite way of playing crab... And that deck has not been very good ever since Spyglass's departure from the realm of playability. So what you say is it wasn't actually a very good deck type. It was just abusing a horribly busted card. (laughs) Nonsense. Great deck type. Nothing wrong with it. Everybody should have played it. It would have solved all the problems. There would be no Scorpion players. That's what I was going to ask you and stuff. So, quick detour. Um, Game philosophy and stuff. How much work in this game does the pilot do, and how much does the deck do? Now, it's an old school saying that says, like, this is a game that you need a lot of player skill to use. And that's true. Mm -hmm. But I wonder how much. And uh, I bring it up now because you mentioned the spyglass thing. Now, for... Over a year, like for two years or something like that, when me and you were playing all the time, you were just beating the crap out of me and stuff. And I've noticed you've played in other games. So I'm not going to say, like, you're a better player. That's undeniable. Mm-hmm. Then you lost Spyglass at the same time that I got Tea House. And for like seven months, you could not score a win off of me at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was just wondering, like, what's the what's the ratio, do you think, of how much is a deck working in this game and how much is a player working in this game? So I'd say it's probably 60-40 towards player skill. Okay. Um, But there are definitely decks that, that push that. Like, for... A long time in the first uh, year of L5R, Crab could not beat Dragon. Mm. You could take a really good Crab player and a mediocre Dragon player, and Crab would just flounder unless they flipped up uh, Karata District. Yeah. So decks exist that push that, but I think if you have two decks that are even, 
then player skill is the huge differentiating factor. It's just having super even decks all the time isn't possible. Um, better mm. players will beat worse players with janky, weird, not great decks. Uh, it will just, you know, not happen all the time because the decks do matter. Yeah. Yeah, you bring a good point of matchups in this game can be like horribly lopsided because like it, it's good game design to have like, hey, this faction or this type of deck is really good versus this one. But it's not a situation of, hey, this deck is really good versus this other deck is barring like a horrible disaster, like a statistic anomaly and someone seriously misplaying. Some decks just cannot win against other decks. Yep. Uh crab for a good majority of last year uh really struggled against scorpion mm. it was uh i think at that time it was one of the most lopsided matchups in the game possibly only rivaled by unicorn versus scorpion mm. and so it's just one of those interesting things you know uh last year 2019 i failed to make the cut into gen con uh which I had a run of three Scorpion players as my last three rounds, including oh, two funny. of which made the top 16. So, well, at least you got curb stomped yeah, by prestige. lopsided matchup against very good players. Yeah, exactly. I'm so, so salty about worlds from uh 2019 because apparently everyone decided that Smuggler's Cove was a really good card and forgot to tell me. So, I had like. <laughs> Three straight crane mirror matches, which I had like, like by a country mile, like the upper hand. Like I was just, and one of them was against Brad Even, who told me after the game, like I swear to God, I thought you had won this game and stuff. And then Cove started happening, and then the game just like flipped on me. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> yep, I can see uh, that. Some old so. anecdotes. <laughs> Back on topic. Let's see, Sinister Peacekeeper. This is the preview for, let's see, for Dirty Deeds uh, from his uh, Twitch channel. This is the one I was mentioned before where I've only got a screen cap from his Twitch because they cannot find the video of it anymore. But it's in spoilers and on the Discord channel right now. Uh, let's see. It is a Scorpion Dynasty character. One cost, zero military, two political, two glory, courtier imperial. Uh-oh. It's imperial. <laughs> Yep. Shay's calling Ishikawa right now. We're gonna get this going. <laughs> Let's see. Keeper roll only. Action. After an opponent gains one more honor, that player loses one honor. So it just stops an honor gain. Yep. This seems exactly like something that would be in a scorpion card or a scorpion deck. Yeah. Um I I don't know if it's 3x auto include, but I can't imagine. Uh, a Scorpion Dishonor deck ignoring it. Yeah, it's one cost, zero, two, two seems... They'd prefer it be zero, two, zero. Mm. But, I mean, it it's Keeper, so it fits straight into the backhanded complement deck. I, I feel like it definitely makes the cut as a one cost courtier with the Imperial keyword with a relevant mm. reaction. Doesn't Imperial also make that uh, Castigated stronger as well? Yep. The score, it can, maybe, maybe we'll see a little bit of the Imperial theme with Scorpion make its way in. I doubt it, but you never know. I mean, yeah, I mean, I've, 
of all the cards that we've talked about today, this is the most like blatantly like, nope, yep, this is all like this is a good card. It's all good across <laughs> the board. Nothing bad to say about it. Why is that? Yep. Because it's a scorpion card. Yep. <laughs> it's costed correctly. It's synergistic with its themes. It. <laughs> yep, it seems really good. That's all about all I gotta say about that. Well, let's go on. Let's wrap things up in your neck of the woods with Crab. This is a spoiler for the Good Omen podcast, which is one of our Spanish podcasts, I believe, right? I believe that's the case, yes. Judging Uh, by the fact that the spoiler on it says El Podcast de El Favar en Español. I mean, Loki, that's kind of what I'm basing this off of as well. (laughs) (laughs) I I vaguely remember it being talked about. I think. I've got a terrible memory, though. Fair. Uh, Let's see. This is uh, Yusuke Oguri. So this is a a sequel character, I guess. Yep. Yusuke Uh, Sad Boy. uh, Two cost, one, 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 courtier, covert, stuck at covert, uh, action. During conflict in which this character is defending, spend one fate. Choose a character with one or more uh, fate on it. Move that character to the conflict. Okay. That's a... That's a... Pretty strong uh, potential harpoon effect. Yeah. Uh, it kind. I kind. I'm not a. I'm leery of him because just like original Yasuki Sad Boy, he has covert, which wants to be offensive, and then an ability that wants to be defensive, mm. which kind of fights with itself. And a two cost one one is. Not great. The harpoon effect can potentially be amazing. It's just I'm not sure how much Crab wants harpoon necessarily. Well, it's uh, it, it, we say harpoon, which always like is invocative of offensive. Like I'm going to pull a character from my opponent's side of the board into a fight they don't want to be in, which can be very strong. Don't get me wrong. Yes. Um, but you know, with his two cost and low stats, like he's like the poster boy of the uh, Crabbit style deck. So, and with all of the little like with with the when the labs are up and all the little extra plus ones plus ones are floating all around, uh, having one more character who is like on paper a one one, but he's like a, a four four by the time he gets there, that could be very uh aggressive as well. Yeah, so he could be good. He could see a lot of play. Uh, I don't, I don't see him fitting into many crab decks naturally but you never know uh, i will also say his artwork creeps me out does it i mean he's just kind of like there's just staring there's just, some, there's just something about his eyes <laughs> that just i don't know they 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 look weird to me they're just cold the shading <laughs> yeah but when you when you spend your entire life crying, I mean that makes sense. So he's been like the hero of like several fictions lately. Isn't he he is the, the, mom, the moment that is happening in this story is from or is it depicted in his card is from the stories. Okay. Uh, this is him offering uh, one of the ancestral swords of the phoenix to Kudaka. Okay. So it's, you know, it's how he gains Kudaka's trust is by offering that sword. 
Now it looks like it's killing him on the inside. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, okay. all right. Well, that's a good look at some spoilers. What do we think of this thing? Other, like, oh, my only takeaway is like they're all kind of neat, except for yeah. the scorpion one, which we'll absolutely see play. Yes, the scorpion well, one the tra- will one hundred percent get played. The Keen Warrior one will also get played. Um, it's a good card. It's something they needed. Um, I do feel a bit like it's good, but I wish the other cards that drew cards were as effective as he is. Yeah. Uh, that seems very understandable. I, I was going to say, I say that as someone who doesn't have a card draw engine as well. Oh, technically yeah. I do, but it's so bad that we don't play it because yes. it's a four coster. Yep. I, uh, Crab is lucky in having some playable card draw cards. So, uh, we will, we take those. Okay. Uh, let's see, uh, final shout outs. Let's see. I'm going to do, um, I want to put out a special thing for, um, the splinters of Jade podcast. Uh, recently I, uh, guest hosted on there. So you're going to see my 100% original character. Do not steal, uh, Kikita Onimaru pop up in the splinters of Jade. That's pretty cool. I was, uh, they put a shout out of out there for, hey, we're going to have this winter court uh, setting in Kyuten Hita. Uh, who all wants to have a character show up there? And then I was just like, hey, you can put my OC in there. And I was like, hey, would you like to voice your OC? Sure. And now I've been wrapped into being a rival for one of the podcast protagonists. So let's see if I duel him to death. That'll be fun. Nice. Just guest over and just murder like, you know, <laughs> like the casts of their podcast. That'd be fun. Yeah, that, that would be very cool. You got anything going on? You got some blood bowling? Uh, I've done my blood bowling for the week already, but I it's always more blood bowl to be played. Next week, there's more games. Uh, I've actually been getting into Warhammer Warcry recently which is uh, a very cool miniature game, which means that it is just a money pit, yeah. as all miniature games are, but that's been a lot of fun. Yeah, you hear that, FFG? Miniature games are a money pit. Give us Clan War. <laughs> I will pay you so much money if you let me play Shadowlands, FFG. I really want to play a, a, a tabletop strategy game for L5R. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Anyway, to wrap things up, we're going to give a shout out to our uh, sister podcast, the RPG uh, or the Court Games RPG podcast, hosted by uh, Jeannie and Mike over there. Uh, We have our two actual plays, Crimson Gold Agonies and Fortune and Strife. And we have the new YouTube series, Tokyo of the Five Rings, talking about Japanese history, culture, and uh, religion. Uh, You can find this and more at our website. What's our website, Max? courtgamespod.com that's courtgamespod.com find everything you need for L5R and more at courtgamespod.com you other people in your house just wonder why you suddenly spontaneously break out into an announcer voice (laughs) I think you've come to expect it by now (laughs) (laughs) 
let's see if you've enjoyed this podcast any of our other podcasts or like the discord or anything else that cbass is doing give us money at patreon or we'll come to your house and like we will use our maho magics to siphon the knowledge and the joyous experiences away from you you can't have it anymore without your money I guess it'd be easier just to come over there and rob you than do dark magic to suck out your memories and experiences. <laughs> That's the thing with Maho Tsukai, always doing things the hard way. <laughs> right? Why don't they just get clubs? <laughs> it's like, I've got all these, like, phenomenal evil powers. What do you want me to do? Not use them? That. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Look, when all you have to do is cut yourself a little bit, or maybe even cut your friend a little bit, it's easy. Anybody can do it. That's it. All you have to do is cut your life into pieces when this is your last resort. Yeah, it's easy. <laughs> Simple. All right. Sayonara, everyone.